0: Hey everybody! Welcome to our first ever episode edition podcast edition of Clock Talk. That's right, you guys heard me say it. this is I'm doing my first ever podcast instead of a sports show, a video sports show at least. Um, I've, with all COVID-19 going on, and I hope everybody out there is staying safe and social distancing and wearing your mask. With all COVID-19 going on, I think it's important that we all. Come together, um, it's been a terrible, terrible year so far, but you know, it's been this year has been more of a challenging year for me because I haven't been able to do broadcasting in the way that I like to. Everybody knows that I'm a video guy, I love to be on TV, I love to be on just the screen in general. But uh, today, COVID 19 has forced me to go more on the side of a podcast. What got me into a podcast? Well, I just said it. <laughs> but today, we're coming here today. Um, this podcast has taught me a lot of things. I've learned a lot about it the past couple of days, past couple of weeks, actually. Um, and I, I love it. So, you know, I always told myself at the beginning, I didn't want to do radio. I didn't want to do a podcast. I want to be on TV. That's my natural thing. I want to do TV. But here I am coming to you as a podcast due to COVID-19. So we're going to see how we like it. Um, first, you know, I want to get into... We're going to get into a lot of topics throughout this show. Um, you guys are going to get into a lot of NFL, NBA drama. Um, but first I want to get into basically what was the whole shenanigan of me starting my own sports show and what was the name behind Cloth Talk and what? how did I come up with it? So um, everybody knows me, knows that I recently, I usually, I mean in the past, I attended you know, um, Central Carolina Community College. It was an amazing college. I also, I wanted anybody that's like... Starting off in school, I encourage you definitely to go to Central Carolina Community College. Um, it's a very, very great college community college to start off at. They're very, 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 very good at what they do. Um, they taught me a lot about broadcasting and not only broadcasting but just general education. and it was a, it was a one of a breeze to get through, especially financially. But uh, when I went there, my professor, he was telling me, also, his name is Matthew Kennedy. He made us do a sports show. Well, it made us do a show in general, and I chose to do a sports show. And um, I was coming through with titles. My first title that I was coming up with for my show was Pillow Talk. And I, I thought that sounded too weird and sketchy. And, then, you know, just explaining that to people, I didn't think that that would be great because I didn't really have an answer why I chose that. So I started thinking again, what do I want to do? And um, I came up with Cloth Talk, and Cloth Talk... Pretty much Clock Talk is basically the cliche thing of when you're at the table with your boys, you're talking sports, you're both, both passionate. You're like Stephen A. Smith and Matt Kellerman. Also a big shout out to Stephen A. Smith, Sidetrack. Uh, a yeah. yeah, Big role model of mine. Um, but you're like Stephen A. Smith and you're Max Kellerman, you're at the table, you're passionate, you know, you got the sweat bowl and, you know, this is where you lose friendships right here. You got the table, you're talking about this, that person think Katie's better, LeBron's better, you know, you think you're just going back and forth. And the whole idea of the whole show is for me because I'm passionate about sports. I'm passionate about whatever I talk about in the, in the, the field of sports, because sports is something that I very, 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 very much enjoy talking about. Anybody knows me. I love talking about it. Me and my dad, we stay we stay up like late at night or even in the early in the morning downstairs at his house, just arguing about sports. So that was a huge thing for me, just to be able to talk about sports. And you know, growing up playing sports, to have the, the background to play sports, then to talk about it, it's amazing. Um, but that's what that's the long story about why I created the podcast. I felt like it was important for me for this first podcast episode to tell you guys because. A lot of my peers, they've always asked me, Dre, why you choose cloth talk? Like, what was the meaning behind that? And I was like, I always tell them, you know, I I, I don't know, but I did know. I just didn't want to tell anybody. I wanted to wait for this first episode. Didn't think it would be on a podcast that I'll be telling you this. I thought it would be on my next sports show that I'll tell you guys that a little fun fact. But I'll tell you about that. Today we have a great show ahead of you guys on here on our first episode. Um, this is the first season. We got 24 episodes. 24 episodes uh, to show memory of the late great Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is a huge, huge, huge part of my life. You know who I am and who I grew up and be. I grew up around watching Kobe Bryant uh, motivate. He motivated me so many ways in life. Just about not giving up, and you know, also me growing up playing basketball. I always wanted to be like Kobe. So, you know, the, the, I don't want to get too much into the Kobe whole thing, because um, I'm going to save that for episode 24. I've got a special episode and a tribute to Kobe. And, you know, I'm very passionate about that and it's a very sensitive topic to talk about, especially since it's still fresh. But RIP to Kobe Bryant, Gigi and any, everybody that was, but RIP to Kobe Bryant and all the other lives, along with Gigi lost in the tragic accident. All right, next we're gonna get into our episode. You guys are ready? So today I got to do you guys for about, about a, I got a lot of topics for you guys today. First, we're gonna get into some Brooklyn. Um, we're gonna get up there with the big three that they got up there and that they formed. Um, we're gonna get, how do I feel about that? And, uh, we're also gonna talk about, do we think they can win the chip? And does that make them the favorite to win the East? So there's a lot I got to say about that. Um, we're gonna talk about who's the MVP right now. Who do I see as the MVP and why? We want to talk about also me being a huge Laker fan, like I just told you guys, with Kobe Bryant. Um, we want to get into the Lakers' struggles. What was the, what was the biggest struggle? And uh, who's to blame for it? And we want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, also another great team of mine that I like. They are refusing to pay Dak Prescott. And the new news just came out about Dak Prescott and his contract and what he's looking for. Do I feel like we should pay Dak or do I feel like we should trade Dak? You can find out that answer here soon. Uh, Deshaun Watson, we also want to talk about him. He also has requested to be traded. Houston has definitely messed that trip, messed that up for him. And um, we also want to talk about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has just hinted at possibly being traded, wanting to be traded. Um I also want to talk about that. And I also want to give you some destinations on where I, I feel like these players would fit best, in, in my opinion. But um, yeah, let's get into the first episode. All right. First, you want to get up there in Brooklyn with the big three that just formed. Uh, Kyrie and KD signed over the offseason with the Brooklyn Nets. And then they made a trade to go get James Harden out there and brought him from Houston all the way out to Brooklyn. Um, Right now... I feel, you know, I, I think Brooklyn is very, very tough to beat. Obviously, you know, they are on a six-game win streak right now. They beat the Lakers and the Clippers, two of the top teams that possessed that coming out of anywhere, like winning the finals. And Brooklyn, they're proving their case right now, definitely proving their case right now. They're a very, very tough team. Um but how do I feel about Brooklyn right now? I feel like Brooklyn is a very tough team like I just said. Uh, but I feel like that defensively, I think their biggest the biggest kryptonite is their defense. I don't I don't think that Brooklyn is a very competitive on the defensive side of the ball. And you know, like you said, you know, you got KD, he's a, he's a defensive guy. He he plays great defense. He's a great defensive player um on ball defender side to side. You know, he's going to give you defense every night, you know, he's having to guard the best player every night on Brooklyn. But you know, you look at Kyrie not too long ago he let Colin Sexton put up 41, 42 points on me, excuse me. Forty two points on him. That is crazy for any player. If Colin Sexton, you know, he's he's been considered I would say a bust almost for Cleveland. And for him to put up forty two points on them, that is ridiculous. And then you talk about James Harden, James Harden, we've always known him not to play defense. Um, but, you know, I think with Kevin Durant, I think that they would get this whole defensive thing down. Offensively, they're, they're amazing to watch. They're a very, very, very great team offensively to watch. But I think Kevin Durant's going to bring that leadership. Um, I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, it was back about three years ago, four years ago. Um, the Houston Rockets had got Chris Paul in a, in a trade. Chris Paul came to Houston and him and James Harden teamed up and he pretty much, he molded James Harden into being a great defender and learning how to defend. And I'm hoping that's what KD can do with Kyrie and James Harden, but we'll see what happens there. Does the addition of James Harden make Brooklyn a favorite to win the East and possibly the chip? Uh, I think definitely the East, they definitely want to come out in the East. And I don't want to overshot or overlook the Milwaukee Bucks, because I feel like with Giannis and an addition of Drew Holiday, uh, and a lot, and also got Chris Middleton, I feel like they got some very good pieces up there. But right now, their pieces they just don't mesh well. I don't feel like the whole Drew Holiday with Giannis thing is is a, is as lethal for them to be a huge threat to Brooklyn because Drew Holiday he gives you defense and he gives you buckets. Giannis he gives you buckets, he gives you defense, he gives you rebounds, he gives you a whole package but they just don't have enough offense to compete with Brooklyn. That's what, that's what every team's problem's going to be when they run up against Brooklyn is Brooklyn got, they got three guys that can average, that average 30 points, that can put up 30 points in their sleep. Like that's 90 points. That's 90 points between three players. Like there's no other trio or duo in the league that can put up that many points against those players. So I feel like their biggest, biggest, Brooklyn, biggest biggest advantage over everybody out there in the east is that they can put up 90 they can put up 150 points 120 points in their sleep and that's that's what's going to make them go down as one of the greatest offenses in nba history Is because they get, they got those three guys that can put up points uh who would i think is the nb who would, who would i think is the MVP right now the MVP award, I think you got you to gotta take it out there to Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, he is having a fantastic season. Um, Joel Embiid, he's defensively locking down out there. He's averaging, what, 30 points a, uh, a game. He's shooting 40% from behind a three-point line. I mean, that's ridiculous. And, you know, he's just... He's just playing like on another level, and I knew I knew when they got Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers are going to definitely bring out the best in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons because Doc Rivers is—he's even though he's a Boston Celtics, and I hate the Boston Celtics. I'm sorry, guys, I had to bring it up. I just—I just don't like the Boston Celtics. But even though he, would, you know, he's a very, very, very great coach, and he's always had that history of bringing out the best in guys and forming teams and putting teams together and doing great with coaching wise, defensively, offensively, and just discipline. And I feel like he's done a great job with Joel Embiid. He's got Joel Embiid playing the best basketball of his career. So I definitely, right now at this moment, I got Joel Embiid as my MVP. But I do think LeBron or AD when they come back, they can slide in and take that spot. Or maybe even Giannis, because you know nobody in there. You don't know what you're getting out of Giannis. Giannis, he can put up 30 points, get you 10 rebounds every night. And I feel like Giannis, he can definitely slide back into that role and be MVP also again. We want to go out here to LA. The LA Lakers, they have been struggling. They've lost four of them. Now last night, they lost to the Utah Jazz. They now lost their last four games without AD. AD has been sidelined with some um, with some calf injuries, uh, some Achilles injuries, excuse me. Um, and Dennis Schroeder, he's been out due to COVID-19 protocol. So the Lakers, they have been struggling. Um, Last night was a terrible game for me to watch. You know, the Lakers—they were down by 24 points at one point, and then it was just a huge up-and-hill battle. It looked like they were going to make a run back, and then they went back down by 20. Um, Lakers out there—they just—they don't look—they don't look like they have any spirit. They don't—they don't look like they want to play defense. They don't like—they want to they don't know what to do on offense. And LeBron—he just—he looks like he's tired. You know, I know that's—that's that's not something that. LeBron wants to hear or any Laker fan would tell you that LeBron, he, he's, he's he's exhausted. You know, he's playing the most minutes in the NBA right now. And, you know, he's 30, he's 30, mid, mid-30s, 36 years old, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, asking somebody to play that many minutes, to play the most minutes in the NBA, along with, you know, get yours on the offensive end and on the defensive end, we need him to be competitive and a leader. on on all, both categories, and also get guys their shots and set guys up. I mean, it's a lot, you know, and not having AD, that definitely suffocates us and takes us out of our whole headspace and what we want to do. But I do feel like the Lakers can get their their stuff together. Um, Who's more to blame for this struggle? I'm definitely going to, you're always, anytime you have any troubles with a team, the first person you want to look at is a person that is coaching the team. So you definitely, definitely want to look at the coach, and I think definitely Frank Vogel is the guy that you want to look at. Um, Frank Vogel, he's been having some questionable lineups. Uh, first, my first problem with Frank Vogel is why won't you start Montrez Harrell over Mark Gasol? Like Mark Gasol, he, he's a very, very Mark Gasol. He's a talented guy. He's had a great career, but Mark Gasol, he's now to that age where he's more of a a veteran leader. He's, he's more of like a Jared Dudley like he's like a guy that you can bring the but I want to say Jared Dudley I think that's more of an insult because he can still bring you defense and give you offense but he just can't give it to you as consistent and as upfront as he used to back when he was with Memphis but I feel like Marcus Gasol, he's he's not starting cali- starting caliber he's not a starting caliber center right now I don't feel like um, he's past his years. I think he's more like in father time, where his father time is now starting to take over him. And, you know, he's just not competitive as he once was. But I feel like Montrez Harrell, he's been balling out, man. Montrez Harrell, he's been balling. He's been – he's got mid-range game down. He's dominating in the paint. You know, on the defensive end, I would like to see him hustle a little bit more, grab boards, you know, defend the paint. But like that's one of our biggest, biggest problems right now is without AD, we don't have any paint protection. We're giving up so many points. I think the other night we gave up 34 points in the first half in the paint. Like, that's a lot. I, I can't remember the last time the Lakers gave up that many points in one half in the paint. So I think definitely when you talk about the Lakers and you talk about... The the problem with the coaching is that he needs to put the best lineup out there. It's, it's important that you start off the game with the best lineup. And I feel like right now the lineup that we have is not the best lineup, especially, you know, we're having Kuzma out there. I like Kuzma. Kuzma's a great guy, you know. He's just not consistent. He doesn't give you consistent consistency on the offense or the defensive end. I feel like when you talk about putting out there on the, on the line, I think that you should put – Morris out there. I think definitely if you put Morris out there, put him out there at at the four, along with you put what uh, Montrez Harrell out there. That now gives you more space, more flexibility. Morris is a great defender. He also can hit the outside shot. You know, he, he brings more to the table than Kuzma right now. Dallas Cowboys. We're going to get to the to the NFL with the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are due to Odak Prescott franchise leader quarterback a contract um, this is long overdue I want to say three years overdue that they're supposed to pay Dak or they should have paid Dak um, but now they're to the point where now they franchise tag Dak they're now gonna give they're gonna be owed Dak 37.4 million they only got 17.5 million in cap and then if you franchise tag him again next year you're looking at the 50 millions so Dak Prescott definitely have all the leverage you know, in the contract negotiations because he's made so much money just off of the franchise tagging. And um, he now is on Jerry's neck. Uh, next year, if Jerry franchise tag Dak this year, next year Dak Prescott will become a free agent. And that's the last thing we want is for Dak Prescott to be a free agent. Um, but I think right now, Ed Werder, Uh, anybody don't know edward edward is probably one of the greatest geniuses to come out of dallas you know he he does great great reporting out of dallas he has lately said that dak prescott is looking for a three-year 40 million a year contract now that goes from a four-year deal to now a three-year deal but he's staying with the 40 mil so that means that the lakers what that means that the the that means that the Dallas Cowboys would have to pay him up front $120 million. That's not including the guaranteed. I'm pretty sure the guaranteed money in that contract would probably be somewhere between the 80 $90 million. So there's still a lot of money that you're chunking into one guy. Um, I was always Team Dak. You know, when, when Tony Romo went out, uh, Dak Prescott came in. I always said, Dak's going to do pretty good. And I think Dak, you know, he's going to do great. You know, but... You know, throughout the years, he's been a model citizen. He's played great football. Um, you know, he's, he goes out there, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Everybody respects him. Everybody loves him. Off the field, he's a great talent. He can throw the ball. He can run the ball. He, you know, he, every year he's getting better and he's progressing. And I feel like Dak is at his, at his peak right now. But do I think that? I don't think any quarterback is worth forty mil unless you're Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, that contract offer that he's asking for, I think that's a little bit absurd. And I feel like if I'm Jerry Jones, what I'm going to do is I sit at the table, I throw Dak a contract offer. I would say I give Dak a four-year, 200 mil, make $150 of it guaranteed, and you throw that at Dak, If Dak doesn't take it, then I think you franchise tag him and you trade him. Um, That's coming from that Cowboys fan also. Look, I like Dak. Dak's a great guy, but I feel like now you know you're kind of pushing the boat because you know you look at what Jerry Jones has provided for Dak Prescott within the Dallas Cowboys. He's brought in Ezekiel Elliott. He brought in last year C.D. Lamb. When we sh- we should sh- we should have went defense last year, but he brought in C.D. Lamb because he was the best option available. Then you got Amari Cooper because Dak Prescott couldn't perform well with- when Des Bryant left. He went out, traded a first rounder, got Amari Cooper. Then you still got Michael Gallup. You're going, he's also going to be dual contract, I think, next year, if I'm not mistaken. So you got all these guys that Jerry Jones has brought around Dak Prescott. And on top of that, he's also got him still a good, strong offensive line. They're not as strong as he used to be, but you still got Zach Martin. You still got um, Leo Collins. Leo Collins, is he's definitely, is you know, he's more on the decline end this year, but last year he took a huge leap and got him a contract. You also still got Tyrone Smith don't get me sorry on him I think we should trade him but don't get me I just saw a whole another story we'll save that for next episode but Tyrone Smith he's still great guy still great talented player he still can go out there hold his own on the pass rush so he gets the pass rush but, you know, you look at what Jerry Jones has provided with Dak Prescott on the offensive end. That's everything that you could have won. Like, you imagine if you would have put Tom Brady or you put, you know, some Hall of Fame quarterback, caliber quarterback out there in front of that what Jerry Jones has provided Dak Prescott. I think we would definitely be talking about the Dallas Cowboys being in the Super Bowl or they'll be in the, this, the NFC Championship. So I feel like Jerry Jones has done a great job providing Dak with the talent. But I feel like Dak is now getting a little bit greedy. I know he he deserves to be greedy because Dak Prescott deserves every dollar that Jerry Jones throws at him, and it should be around the, the two hundred mil, like I said, with one hundred and fifty mil guaranteed. But when I mean, you're asking three years, forty million a year, that's that's a lot of money. And I don't, I think if you put, some, if you're you're going to give a quarterback that amount of money, they need to have the resume of. Playoff success not just making the playoffs. You got to have some playoff success behind that you got to get You got to win more than one game in the playoffs and I feel like Dak Prescott is not worth three years 40 million. I feel like if that is his contract offer And I'm I'm pretty sure that is because Ed Warder. He's a very reliable guy I think that you go with the idea of trading Dak Prescott. I don't like it, you know as a Cowboys fan but at the end of the day we gotta watch. We gotta look at our team. Our team is. We need more than we have. We need a quarter. We need a quarterback, obviously. We need because we Dak Prescott. He might be gone. We also need a defense. We need a secondary. We don't have a safety. Xavier Woods. He's now a free agent. We don't have a strong safety. We don't have uh, any cornerbacks. Um W. He's hit the free agency. Uh, Jordan Lewis, he's hit the free agency. So we got to go draft us a safety. We got to draft us a safety. We got to draft us a cornerback. We got to put us together a defense. And then we got to get linebackers because Jalen Smith has took a huge step off. You know, he's still playing great, but we still need to also bring in some more great caliber depth within the linebacker position. And then you also need pass rush because Marcus Lawrence, he got his money and he just disappeared. So, but... We still need to put something up front on the fourth line, on the fourth of the front line and the secondary. But I think the first thing you need to touch if you're Jerry Jones is that secondary because that secondary has been always been the problem with the Dallas Cowboys. Why we can't get to where we want to be because we can't we can't defend anybody. We don't have a lockdown corner. We don't have a safety that knows how to defend the run. That's what our biggest problem is. We gave up so many rushing yards last year because we didn't have a safety that can get up front and knock down knock out the running back and defend the run. But enough of that, I can talk about the Dallas Cowboys for like a whole hour. Let's get into Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson in Houston has requested a trade. He wants to be traded out of Houston. Houston does not want to let him go. Houston wants to hold on to him. And, you know, both sides are at a head. Deshaun Watson wants to leave. Houston thinks they can repair it. And it's just, it's a whole debacle out there. So um, I want to first get into Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's a great model citizen. He's a great, talented quarterback. He knows the game. You know He's done so much so far for Houston. Uh, and Houston, pretty much, they've slapped him in the face to the past two years by letting DeAndre Hopkins go for a jersey, pretty much. A, a bread of crumbs. Like a bread of crumbs. They let DeAndre Hopkins go, pretty much. And then, on top of that, they also... They, they didn't get, they, like I said, like the bread of crumbs, they didn't get anything back in return. They lost their best receiver. They didn't make any replacements to go get another good receiver. They had a chance where they were looking out and they were looking at Antonio Brown. And I thought they were going to get Antonio Brown at first, but they didn't get anything for Deshaun Watson. And, and his numbers were still high. And he still signed a contract to remain there. And then, you know, the GM, he leaves. Sean Watson requested that they go out and they go look at Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, Cully, and they didn't do that. So, you know, it's just so much. And, you know, they kind of stabbed him in the back with that. And, you know, it's just been so much back and forth. And I feel like the biggest problem is that Sean Watson does not trust Houston. Houston has shown Sean Watson over and over that They cannot be trusted they do not want to get better they do not want to win a championship they've failed poorly at this idea of making him the sole breader of putting this team together but then taking his ideas and going left with it instead of going right where he's trying to go so I mean I think definitely Deshaun Watson definitely should be traded Um, I think they should honor his trade I, th- I would love to see Deshaun Watson uh, out of Miami. You know That would be a great place for him. Miami, um, I feel like they have a great – they have a lot of – they have the most piece to offer down, I mean, offer Houston with Tua. And then, you know, they got those three first-round pet draft picks that they can offer on top of that. So they got they got a lot. They got a starting caliber quarterback, uh, second-year quarterback. I wouldn't say – I would say starting caliber because he went the first round and, you know, he did go out there and he did look – Somewhat decent, but you still have a great young quarterback that you can bring into your organization and build around and start fresh. Um, I would also like him in Dallas. You know, I would like to see him that we can make a trade that Prescott for Deshaun Watson, maybe throwing the first-round pick. I wouldn't mind to that. <laughs> but, you know, definitely, they. I think they should definitely cut their ties, trade him. You know, and you, you know what? They they failed on the J.J. Watt also. They cut J.J. Watt and didn't even get anything for J.J. Watt. <laughs> You can't. You tell me you couldn't get at least a second round pick or first round pick for JJ Watt. That is ridiculous. The, one of the top five defensive ends in the league, JJ Watt. I know he's declined, and you know he's he's shown he's a little bit injury prone. But Carson Wentz just went to the Colts, and they got a second and third round pick for Carson Wentz, a guy that has lost his position to. A rookie quarterback and a, set, a second string, like, and you tell me J.J. Watt. You tell me J.J. Watt, you can't get anything for him. Like that, that doesn't make any sense to me. But that is one of their their the big struggles in Houston that they don't they love giving up their best talent and getting nothing for it. Let's go out to Seattle. Russell Wilson has recently come out and hinted that maybe he possibly. Could be traded he didn't say he wants to be traded i want to make that clear i don't want anybody thinking that i'm saying he did say he want to be traded i'm saying that he has thrown that hint that possibly he could be traded by saying you got to ask seattle if they're going to trade him and then he also said that he does not like the front line in seattle he feels like they can upgrade at that position and i feel like they definitely could upgrade at that position because russell wilson he look like he's running for his poor life out there in seattle every time they hike the ball as soon as they before they even hike the ball you can already just see their their front line is not even ready to block so you know every time he's out there running for his poor life uh you know i think definitely seattle is either you have your seattle you have two choices you can either put a front line in front of him which is easy to do you saw the you saw jerry jones do that the past decade with the front line that he put forefront by getting you know first round picks and going out and drafting an offensive line with those first-round picks. Um, You know, DK Metcalf last year, I understand going in that route, picking him. Um, But each year in the draft, they don't go to try to protect Wilson. And there's always – Wilson has to be the superman. He has to put the team on his back, and he has to take, what, 100 hits a game just to – Help this team win, and he's still helping this team win. He's they're still making the playoffs. They're still on top of the divisions. You know, and that's crazy that a quarterback like Russell Wilson is that good, where he doesn't have an offensive line, he doesn't have a running back. He you know he only has really one good receiver. Uh, and you know, and I, I, I like what they have out there in the the, the the receiver core, but I feel like DK Metcalf is their biggest threat on the on the receiving core. Because nobody can guard him because he's so big and he's so fast. And I just feel like they really haven't done anything enough to say, Russell Wilson, we love you, we want you here, we wanna win a Super Bowl. They haven't done that. They haven't given him It's kinda like the Sean Watson situation. But it, the only difference is Deshaun Watson, they traded away something something that was the best for something that wasn't nothing, you know? And but in down there in Seattle it's like they don't want to get better. They don't want to win. They, they let their Legion of Boom walk out. They let Richard Sherman walk out. They let Earl Thomas walk out. I mean, they, like, they let all of their whole team just walk out. That was contribution of them winning their championships and making it to the Super Bowl. Um, I feel like I would love to see Russell Wilson. I would love to see Russell Wilson and, you know, some of his destinations that he's come out today and said he would love to play at. With someone. One was my Dallas Cowboys, obviously. I would love to see Russell Wilson out in Dallas. I feel like Russell Wilson is a huge stud and he could definitely help us get to the Super Bowl. I don't know why Jerry Jones isn't even looking at that. I was, saw a report that he wasn't even looking at that idea, but I don't know why he's not looking at that because you have a quarterback that has won the Super Bowl that imagine if you were to put him out there behind that line. That line is already 10 times upgrade from what they have out there in Seattle. Then you got Ezekiel Elliott. You got Amari Cooper. You got CeeDee Lamb. You got Michael Gallup. You got a whole offense that is structured for you to win. Then the secondary and the defense, you know, you can get that together, spend the offseason getting that together, getting yourself a defense that can be presentable. And, you know, we got Dan Quinn. Thank God we let go of our defensive coordinator we got dan quinn dan quinn he, he, anybody don't know dan quinn he put together the legion of boom out there in seattle and uh he did a great job drafting them and you know having them all form together and to be this one amazing defense so you know i feel like they are going in the right direction hiring him as a defensive coordinator not an atlanta falcons uh not a not a head coach after what he did out there in atlanta even though they made it to the super bowl no nah, he's not a great head coach also, another team on his list is the Bears, Raiders, and Saints. Um, Raiders, Bears, I don't care too much for that. I don't think they have enough for Wilson to be automatically great. I feel like he has something better out there in Seattle than he will out there with the Bears and the Raiders offensively, at least. Because, I mean, who do the Bears have on the offense, on the receiving core that can help Russell Wilson? And they Also, the front line is just as bad at seattle so i mean it's a little upgrade but it's still bad you know it's not good and then you talk about the raiders the raiders they got henry ruggs you know besides henry ruggs who do they really have out there on the receiving court their front line is okay and you know they have a running back but at the end of the day they, they don't have enough talent i feel like he has more in seattle than he would if he were to go to the raiders and the bears but, you know, the, the Cowboys and the Saints, I feel like those are the two best options for them, him to go to to win a Super Bowl. And why I say that is because, you know, you look at the offensive that they have possessed with Michael Thomas out there, Alvin Kamara, they got a great front line. You know, I feel like, you know, the Saints, they, and then their defense, their defense is already built to win. You know, their team is built to win. They, the Saints should have won the Super Bowl last year and the year before that. And, you know, the Saints— they just they don't have that 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 Russell Wilson that's what sort the of thing they need I Drew no disrespect to Drew Brees Drew Brees Hall of Fame quarterback great quarterback you know he's gonna go down as one of the greatest but you know Drew Brees those last two years he's declined so bad that he's actually hurted that team and you look what he did against Tampa Bay I don't really want to get into what he did to Tampa Bay In the playoffs he didn't even show up in that game That's why I think he should go ahead and retire Because he didn't show up at all And you know, he just jeopardizes his legacy And I feel like he's on that declining end so bad Like Ben Roethlisberger But that's for the next episode (laughs) But I think you you take a look Saint and the Cowboys should be only his two teams I feel like those are the only two teams on that list That make any sense at all But you know Maybe he you know he has some ties out there, and possibly out there in the Raiders or, or the Bears. He sees something that I don't see, but I just I don't think the Bears or the Raiders are even a good pick for him to even want to go to because all, they they I mean they got more in Seattle than they do out there. So, and now I want to get to my wild suggestion theory. So at the end of each podcast, I love to get into some wild suggestion theories about not theories, excuse me. Just some wild suggestions on, you know, it could be like a trade that, you know, I could put into fruition in my mind and have everybody or it could be a signing or it could be whatever it could be. So I want to go with my Dallas Cowboys because that's where I want to go. I love the Dallas Cowboys and I want to see us win a Super Bowl. I would love to see us win a Super Bowl. And I feel like we could win a Super Bowl if we made this move. And that move is if we go out there to Green Bay. That's right. I said Green Bay and we get Aaron Rodgers. We trade Dak Prescott along with a second or a first round pick and get Aaron Rodgers. Maybe two first round picks. If you got to throw two first round picks in there, Jerry, throw two first round picks. Cause look, Jerry Jones, he is not getting any older, any younger. He's getting old. And you know, he's his his his, num- his years are becoming numbered, you know. And we wanna see we wanna see Jerry Jones get another Super Bowl, even though he's probably not he's probably one of the most hated man in Dallas because of the years of what he's done before my time with the Jimmy Johnsons, and then you know, not retiring Michael Irving's jersey or not even putting Jimmy Johnson in the Cowboys Hall of Fame. But we still would love to see the Dallas Cowboys Beat that drought and win a Super Bowl or even make it to the NFC Championship. That's what I want to see. Before I die, I want to see the Dallas Cowboys at least make it to the NFC Championship. And you know, Jerry Jones, 78 years old. He's getting older. We want to see him win now. And I feel like Dak Prescott is a great, talented guy. He can lead a team to the playoffs. Do I feel like he can lead a team to the Super Bowl? I don't know. He hasn't shown me enough to say that he can lead a team to the Super Bowl. But... I know one guy who's already won a Super Bowl, who has last year led, the past two years, led his team to the NFC NFC Championship, and that's Aaron Rodgers. I would love to see Aaron Rodgers in Dallas. Imagine putting Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anything Green Bay besides Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Imagine putting Aaron Rodgers out there in Dallas with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, that front line that we're, going, we're preparing, that we're going to put back together, along with Ezekiel Elliott, a running back that can take the pressure off of you, and you can give, care, you know, put more load on him and take the load off of Aaron Rodgers. And then you imagine, you know, we get our defense together. I know that we got Mike McCarthy and Mike McCarthy and him don't get along, but come on now, they want a Super Bowl together. Why, not, why can't we get these two guys in a room, sit them down and say, listen, we got a, guy, we got a city that wants to win a Super Bowl. We have an owner that, oh, I don't know if he wants to win a Super Bowl with the most he's made throughout his career, but we have an owner that can make it happen with you two coming here. We have a city that wants to win a Super Bowl, and we have something that we, we consider impossible, and that's for the Dallas Cowboys to win a Super Bowl, or get to a Super Bowl, or even get to the NFC Championship. You can, Aaron you know, just this can make your legacy. You come here to Dallas and you put us in the NFC Championship at least, that can, that can make your legacy. And that could give you, you know, we can give you money. Because you know we know what your history is. We can give him money. Give Aaron Rodgers. You that Prescott. I like that Prescott. You're a 35, 38 million a year quarterback. Aaron Rodgers. Give him 40 million. Give him the three year 40 million. Let him come here to Dallas. Let him get us to a Super Bowl or get us to the NFC Championship. But I would love to see Aaron Rodgers come to Dallas. I always feel like that is a, a deal that has not been triggered, but it should be thought about because we got Mike McCarthy. And I know Mike McCarthy and him don't get along, but they still have mutual respect for each other. And I feel like anytime time that you have Mike McCarthy in a situation where you can, you know, you got Aaron Rodgers, you hear him talk about Mike McCarthy last year. He, he had nothing but good things to say, even though, you know, he felt like his system was a little bit boring and cliche and just too predictable. I feel like if you you look at what Dallas has, everybody would want to come play for America's team. I feel like that would definitely, Aaron Rodgers would be open to a reunion with Mike McCarthy down in Dallas. I feel like if Aaron Rodgers was to come to the Dallas Cowboys right now, guarantee it, book us the Lombardi Trophy. We're winning it all. But as a typical Dallas Cowboys fan, I can only dream all of us win a Super Bowl until we can make it happen. I feel like this year we can win it. I feel like this year we definitely can win it. We got the right draft picks. If, uh, certain drops to us. We're definitely right on that driver's seat. We got a lockdown corner and then we can keep building our secondary along with our front line. We got Dak Prescott coming back fully healthy. We got the whole supporting cast of CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, uh, Mari Cooper, Zeke Elliott. I hope he, he can show up this year and not just be out there for the, the 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 absence. I mean, I guess just to show up to be on the to be on the roster. Say, hey, I did play this game. Um, I definitely would like to see Zeke Elliott get his game back, get his mind back right, and get back out there and become the Zeke Elliott that we know he could be. And that's run the ball with a passion and not run the ball like I already got my money and I don't care and I don't want to get hurt. So that was my wild theory. Um, we're at the end of our show. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this first episode. It was a great talking to you guys. Um, the second episode will be uh, be uploaded soon. Um, in the next episode, we're going to talk about more sports. Um, I'm going to get into some of my NBA Predictions, who I think will win the championship. I'm also going to get into more of hopefully we have a resolution with the whole Dak Prescott, sean Watson, or that whole situation by the time I make my next episode, so I can talk about that and get my final thoughts on that. So, we got a lot that we're going to talk. On the upcoming episodes, um, please shoot me some, you know, some rebuttals, like any, if anything that I've argued today, do you feel different about it? I would love to debate that. Um, I'm also thinking about adding a, a little five minute segment at the end where I can debate your, your comments or your thoughts that you may have about what I said or just anything, because I would love to, I would love, I would love to hear you guys give me feedback and tell me what you think about my my opinions and um yeah this was a great episode great first episode thank you guys so much for tuning in um I hope you guys stay safe out there I hope COVID-19 is gone by the time I do my next episode but the way it's been going it's unlikely that's going to happen but you know it's been a great episode you guys have a great day